Turn your empties into sport opportunities. You can give a local child the gift of sport just by donating your empties to the Kids Sport Recycling Program. All you have to do is text or call 403-680-8776 to schedule your first pickup, and we will pick up your empties right from your curb. Get started today and help get local children back to sport. Text or call 403-680-8776 now. We at Sport Calgary like to stay active, in person and online. Be sure to follow us at Sport Calgary on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Welcome back to the Face First Podcast. My name is Grace Dafo. And I'm Alicia Rissling. And we have another hot topic coming in, coming in hot, <laughs> coming in hot. There's a lot going on in the sport world right now. I mean, we are leading up to a year that has four games, so Olymp- two Olympics and two, two Paralympics. Paralympics. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it is an exciting time in sport, but the news is also just flying with the drama. With the drama, and I mean, after being deprived of, of sport for so long, I guess like in. And some athletes not being able to compete. We talked about quarantine rules, all that stuff. It feels like the media is just over inundated um, with what's going on in sport. So we're going to talk about a little bit about women in sport and, you know, whether it be being a mom, becoming a mom and how it's impacted two Canadian athletes in, in particular who have really helped push, I think, the women in sport movement in the past week or the past couple weeks. Um, so Mandy Buhuld, and Kim Gaucher. Um, Mandy is a boxer and Kim is on the Canadian basketball team, which I know they are one of the, they are a metal favorite leading into Tokyo, I do believe. Uh, yeah, they're definitely, I think they, I saw a tweet yesterday, they're ranked fourth right now, but going in, but it's just an exciting time for Canada basketball. So why don't we just start with uh, Kim? Um, I, I first found about, out about this topic um, through social media, uh, through particularly a video that she posted. Uh, Kim is a, has a three-month-old daughter, and she's trying to head to Tokyo here in a couple weeks, and her daughter needs to be breastfed. And Tokyo is in a tough spot right now. They're dealing with protests. A lot of people think the Olympics shouldn't be going on at all. It's too late to cancel it. So what they have done is they have made it very much no extra people. So I know for a fact that the athletes going, um, they get to be there in time for the start. So everyone can be there for opening ceremonies, but you have to be on a flight out of there within 48 hours of you finishing your event. There's no sticking around for closing ceremonies. There's no, uh, party time. No, (laughs) yeah, yeah. no fun, relaxing time going to see all the other events. And the, and the biggest thing is that there are no spectators from outside of Japan. Um, and so this includes family. So unfortunately the IOC's original rule was that even parents with small children could not bring their children. Yeah. And so she had mentioned in the video that she was looking into ways to courier her breast milk back to Canada from the village in Tokyo to get it to her daughter. And she said, it's also impossible. Um, I mean, I just have to say kudos that she had a, a baby three months ago and she's leading into an Olympics. I think that is an incredible feat in itself. Absolutely. Um, but that she had basically exhausted all these options and she reached out on Instagram and was like, I need help. Mm-hmm. Who can help this? And 
one notable person who actually announced that they weren't going to the Olympics this week, um, Milos Ronich in tennis, he wrote a big long message of, hey, I won't be going, injury reasons, blah, 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 blah. By the way, go check out Kim Gauthier's Instagram and help her get her family and, and help them in their situation. I thought that was so cool, like a shout out. Um, obviously, he's a professional tennis player. He's a well, huge following. Huge following. So him shouting that out was was awesome. But it's just... I mean, it's just, I, like, I just can't even fathom it not being... As a mother, you have to choose between your sport and your child. Yeah, and I mean, having had two teammates in the last two years in Skeleton that have had kids, um, it's been really eye-opening and, you know, some of the barriers and that Sport Canada still thinks pregnancy is considered an illness or injury, injury. is yeah. kind of crazy in itself. But yeah. um, back to Kim, I mean, it was just like she wasn't going to be able to travel with her baby to Tokyo and so they were basically making your pick between work or taking care of her kid, which I think a lot of women are sometimes put in that position. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was granted. I haven't really looked into particulars of how, is there an additional support person that gets to come? Like, you know, what's the, what's the daycare situation when you're, when you're at the Olympics? But I think she's not the only one in this. She helped push it, but there are quite a few others from it's, all over the world. Yeah, it sounded like there were a couple more athletes. I, I'm not going to say it's a bunch, but there were definitely a couple more who had children of breastfeeding age that kind of like tacked onto her. I think she had the youngest one. Yes. Um, so hers was kind of like an all or nothing, like it was either can or can't. Um, but uh, she a notable thing about uh, her was that she was part of the Team Canada when they qualified the team. Like she's been with the team the whole time and just so happened to get pregnant and have her first child uh through the year while taking the year off not really knowing if Tokyo was going to be a thing anyway um and this has been a hot topic for for a lot of sports I know in our sport Grace going forward now after after Beijing in in 2022 starting the year after there is a new rule that passed that women will not be penalized for for taking a year off to have a child and so like we get allocated um, say you have three World Cup spots for Canada, mm-hmm. is that if someone's returning who has previously been like had IBSF points, they can then reclaim what circuit they were on and also not take up a spot from another athlete while they like return to form. So not only does it not pressure them to like have to rush through the selection process, mm-hmm. selections for our team are quite stressful, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as I'm sure most sports are, mm-hmm. but uh, it also gives someone else an opportunity. So really you would have four athletes on tour that year. And I think that's just a benefit. More exposure at a high level is like great for the team and, and they don't have to fight back for their spot, I guess, in a, in a sense. So that is really exciting. I really wish they would have just said it starts this, like when they put it in for last season, it starts this year. Yeah. But, um, I guess it's, it's progress. Um, moving over to, to Mandy, and her so she's a canadian boxer like we said she's an olympian and what happened basically was that the she had one major qualifier coming up and i think it would have been in like may or something leading up to the games and it was like a pan american qualifier i don't quote me but it was um one that involved a lot like an international event mm-hmm. and she had to go to it and come within you know certain ranking to to have enough points to go to tokyo and they canceled it because of covid mm-hmm. so they then said, okay, well, we'll just take results from X date to X date, which happened to be while she was away having a child. <laughs> yeah, when she was pregnant and then, I guess, like recovering from, from being pregnant and raising her child. And so then, 
you know, she's trying to come back and train. And that was, I believe, a couple of years ago now. And so basically being told, yeah, your world ranking from the one year was not good enough when she had years of results before that as well. And, you know, Olympian and been to the games already. And they're saying, mm, no, you don't make the cut. So she ended up taking it to the highest level of sport court. <laughs> I call it a big court of arbitration of sport. Yeah. Um, and it was announced this week that she won. Yeah. Which, uh, which is, uh, quoted as a, a historical decision because in her case in particular, um, not sure if she planned this or not, but she had her child out like specifically planned. And I know so many women who are in Olympics, uh, sports that have to like plan their kids around the Olympics. So for instance, the, the, the plan for a, like a, a lot of women is after an Olympic year, Try and get pregnant immediately so that you can have a kid so that you can have, you know, one year, miss one season and then kind of have three, two years and a half, I guess, to kind of build your way back into sport um, and uh, work your way back up in the rankings if you have to and then get your Olympic spot back. Like that's I know a lot of people in our sports do that in ice sports. Well, not a lot of people. I think it's all becoming. Uh, much more uh, accepted right now for women to be professional athletes as mothers. It's not really something that was a thing a couple of years ago. Well, and I mean, look at Allison Felix, who just ran in the USA track and I was field. Bring her up, yeah. Um, and I believe there was another person who came second in her event, and they did the pre or the post race interview. They both qualified for Tokyo, and they both had their small little toddlers mm-hmm. beside them. And I thought, like, I thought that was so cool. Just that, I think sport is changing in that regard and like you said the rules are changing in our specific sport but more and more women are coming back and being like yeah you can go back and do your job and it doesn't matter that your job requires you to be you know the best athlete you can be or it requires you to like doesn't matter what your job requirements are you can go back and you can do it and obviously they have amazing support systems behind them as well that makes it possible well the, the thing that was pretty incredible to me to hear about Alice and Felix's story is she was doing a lot of her training at 5 a.m or like ridiculous hours um, because she was so afraid to tell Nike that she was pregnant because I think it was actually written in her contract that she would lose money if she had a kid yeah and she helped push that forward with she, Nike because mm-hmm. they got a lot of pushback yeah a lot of that yeah um there was another, uh, she was a marathoner. I can't remember if she's U.S. or Canadian. It's the same thing. Her, her son, I think it was, was in the NICU. And they were basically making her choose between returning to training mm-hmm. or being with her son. Mm-hmm. I can't, uh, specifics escape me at this moment, but I was reading it as in the past few months. And I was like, that's just so crazy that they were treated like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they've really helped there's been a whole track and field following that have helped that. But I think in the IOC world, the rulings in terms of Mandy and Kim are really important in pushing it forward in the Olympic and Paralympic movements eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, professional athlete is a, is a, that's an additional layer into this conversation of, you know, receiving money by Nike or Puma or whoever it is. Um, but making it back to the highest stage, I think is an incredible feat. And yeah, no kidding. Like watching these women run, it's like, man, you had a baby and you're still going that fast. Like it's pretty incredible. Um, and, and for Mandy who, who tried to do the right thing, she tried to, you know, plan her family around an Olympic cycle so that she would have her way in and just so happened to be ruined by a a pandemic that was completely out of her control. So I'm really glad that, uh, and I have the direct quote here was, 
Uh, we recognize that pandemic may not have required making changes to the cri qualification criteria for boxers in the Americas, the only continent, by the way, where a qualifying event was actually canceled. But discrimination against any kind, including basis on sex, remains illegal, pandemic or not. And that's how uh, Mandy's lawyers were able to get back through and, and really change the face, I think, for the future of what what it's going to look like for for there to be moms out there, moms competing in the Olympics and on, on the world stage at any level. Um, and I think we're really witnessing history right now, to say the least, about what, what the world's going to look like um, in terms of working moms. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a, always a talk of, you know, when are you going to retire and, and have a family and stuff. And the... The thought That's process a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. And the thought process is now changing of like, you know, when are sport associations going to start, you know, helping some of these top athletes plan mm -hmm. when the best time is. And, and I mean, at what point should they be consulted is a, is a whole other can of worms. But to me, I think if you have a positive relationship with, with them, you should be like, Hey, you know, I, I'm thinking next year, like, let's, let's sit down and plan maybe a time frame and also like helps them plan and, I, that's where I'd love to see the next step be of like collaborative. And I think women are really the women right now that are doing this, they're blazing the trail of making sure that the roads are open to do that. And then the next generation is really going to hopefully have athletes that have longer careers and have kids and come back and have, you know, another four to eight years, who knows? Like, I know there's also been a couple of, um, uh, We've interviewed um, one of the Canadian softball alternates on our uh, Morgan Rackle, but one of her teammates has come back. She competed in 2008, um, Lauren Lauren Regula, I believe. That's what it, yeah. And it's been really cool to follow her on Instagram. I like, and she's got kids, and she's been on the road and all this stuff. I think it's just so cool as well to say, like, you know, she competed in 2008 in softball, and she's coming back now with kids and making a. They're going to Tokyo, yeah. and they're, you know, they could win a medal. Yeah, like. Anyways, I think there's lots of cool cool moms in sport right now but Canada seems to be a little bit of a mecca and yeah for the trailblazers I'm and we're proud to see it and I think it just goes to show kind of what the culture of Canada is that and I've experienced this firsthand where um personal story I guess back in 2015 I got to be the first woman to ever pilot a four-man sled with four women in it um, and that was the first year ever that the International Bobsled and Skeleton Federation let women compete in the four-man event um, and they just called it gender neutral they said anybody can compete in it um, and, but at the time it's like okay well you can put a bunch of girls together but if you have to race the boys we had 120 less kilos so that's a big man less in our sled and uh, mass by velocity downhill we just didn't have a chance but we still got to do it and that is because I had a Canadian coach and came from a Canadian program that was like of course the women can do what the men do. If you guys want to do this, like, let's make this happen. Um, and we, again, like, got to be trailblazers, whereas when we tried to get it into the Olympics for 2018, and I'm messaging all the German girls and the British girls, and I'm like, you guys are literally traveling with enough athletes on your team already. All you need is a sled. Get in the sled. Like, let's go down the track. And uh, let's get four women to be an event. And the pushback that they got, their their federations were like, absolutely not. Like, women are not doing this sport. Um, so I think that just goes to show, um, A, Canada in, in a very positive light in terms of how we, we are starting to 
make strides towards gender equality. Um, but the rest of the world is so far behind and, and we really are going to have to work on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I did have someone tell me, Oh yeah, there was this pilot that was the first all four women. And I was like, no, it was not. It was, it was Alicia. (laughs) I was like, your status wrong. Maybe that person was the first world cup. Yes. Um, but cause yours was in a North American's cup. I was also racing that week. I remember that. <laughs> well, um, and I shouldn't say I'm not the first woman to drive, drive a four man sled, but, but I'm just the one that to do it with four women in it and competed and, and, in and an international yes. competition. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyways, I was like, fact check, fact check. No, wait. <laughs> um, I think that is incredible and you're right. We really are. But I think we're just, the sports system in Canada is obviously has a lot to offer to help us push the boundaries and, you know, Boxing Canada and the COC went behind Mandy and and the COC was up there advocating with Kim as well and her mm-hmm. team and, and really helping it push forward. And I think it's really cool that they're like, yep, we'll get behind you and help push it with them. Whereas like, you know, Kim was turning to Instagram saying that she can't fight it by herself. And just by putting herself out there, it opened, it accelerated the conversation. So many. To, yeah. And to have it happen, you know, we're eight what is it like three or four weeks out from the games mm-hmm. to have it happen that quickly. Um, yeah, I mean, good for them. So it's pretty incredible. The IOC is, is we got a couple other issues to bring up. One's good. One's not so good. Uh, we'll stick on the, the negative that maybe we might need to get another social media campaign going, but that is that, uh, the IOC has recently come out and banned swimming caps specifically designed for black athletes um, where they have, you know, fuller volume, thicker hair, and they need a bigger swim cap to keep it out and to keep them aerodynamic. And the IOC has come out and said that, um, basically they said that they're not necessary, which is such a slap in the face and backwards. Like what? (laughs) And I mean, if it doesn't show to have any like benefits like if they look at it and it's just literally made by a different company Mm -hmm. and it just happens to accommodate someone else's hair versus the one other company that makes them i mean i don't know how how many other companies make swim caps but the say the four or whatever like who's who's for them to say if they want to wear it or not as long as they can make sure that it doesn't have any like illegal coatings on it i don't know how you could cheat in that but you know what i mean like make sure it meets the specifications and go for it. But I just, that was a real head scratcher for me. Um, and I think it looks really bad on the Olympic movement in my, in my opinion. It absolutely looks horrible. Like it's like, it seems like just one day after another, we're constantly looking at the international Olympic committee, the IOC and being like, are you kidding me? Like what? Like why are all these things becoming an issue? And I believe, and I'm trying to find the exact quote right now. We need a, like a little computer on the side, but, um, they said something about, uh, high performance athletes don't need it, or it's not, it wouldn't match what high performance athletes would be using. And it's like, wh- why do you even care? Like, <laughs> this is, this is completely outrageous. Um, and it really is starting to make paint the IOC in like a sexist racist light. <laughs> so in a nutshell, we won a couple of fights this week in sport, but we've also lost, lost one. And I think it shouldn't be lost when we're, we're talking about how awesome women, this portion is that you know this issue shouldn't also be left behind and I really hope that talks accelerate in the lead up to Tokyo and and they reverse it because it's just it is a head scratcher and I think it's ridiculous yeah 
Um, and we're going to end on one more positive note. Okay, great. Did you hear that Sky Brown is going to be Britain's youngest summer Olympian ever? How old? I think she turns 13 the week before the Olympic Games or like within two weeks. That's crazy. She is a skateboarder and she is wild. Like she is so fearless as a bobsledder and skeleton athlete. I'm like, what is this I think girl? <laughs> there is someone yeah. who tagged us in an Instagram post that's in Calgary. Oh, yeah. Um, she, she's a little skateboarder and a, they, they tagged us and we were like, wow, she was doing tricks on it that. Yeah. You and I were talking about this at training one day. Yeah. <laughs> like, Man, she, she was so young and I'm like, and now we find out that there's going to be a 13 year old skateboarder from representing Great Britain at the Olympic games. Grace, what were you doing at 13 years old? I, well, yeah, figure skating, but <laughs> definitely not close to going to the Olympics. <laughs> um, yeah, I, she could go to like four games. If she, she could go to 10. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you skateboard for? I don't, I, Tony Hawk, I guess it is. And it's for He's still going. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, there are a couple and, and I'm just really looking forward to watching some of these stories unfold in the media. Consume your media responsibly. Check your sources, make your own decisions. There's a lot coming at you as we lead up into Tokyo. Yeah. There's, that's a really good point is really check your sources where you're getting your information from. But at the end of the day, I think we all need to, I'm, I know that, Canada does such a good job of this is like we're we're such a melting pot and when it comes to the Olympics it seems to be the one thing that we can unify us together and and really celebrate so I think everyone should be in a good mood and looking forward to Tokyo and having something to to reunite us again yeah anyways thanks for joining us for another hot topic and that's another face first podcast talk to you soon